the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Good evening, family. Ron Geyer and Time Insights. Thanks again. We enjoy doing this. We're here. We love it. We're excited. God has anointed us. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Hallelujah. And that's what we do. Hallelujah. That's a spiritually poor. And yes, America is a spiritually poor, probably a spiritually bankrupt nation as we do this. And so we are going to constantly continue with the same message. What message is that? It is repent. Danger, danger, danger. America is in trouble. Matter of fact, I'll start here. I've got all my notes here. I'm continuing on with repentance. We spoke last week about repentance, and we made a general case about repentance. Uh, matter of fact, let me quickly review that, get you caught up here. Uh, we started off talking about that John the Baptist preached the gospel of repentance, promoted the baptism unto repentance. Jesus spoke about the repentance for the kingdom of heaven is that and uh, they announced that God has given repentance to Israel. We spoke about the fact also that Hebrews 6, 1, therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on into perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance. Foundation of repentance. Repentance is foundational to Christianity. We spoke about that. We spoke about in Second Peter 3, 9, that God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What is the remedy for perishing? repenting, receiving the repentance that God sends, responding to it. We talked about that you are called to repent. Matthew twenty-two fourteen. many are called, but few are chosen. We are called to repentance. Without repentance, there is no salvation. Hallelujah. We talk about the fact also that God, the goodness of God that God gives us, spoken about in Romans chapter 2, there's a purpose behind that goodness. It's not to pat us on the back saying, job, well done, way to go, guys. God sends his goodness as a way to get us to repent. That's it, the goodness of God, not because we've done great, but because we are in error, we need correction. So he sends us his goodness so that he would get our attention and we would repent of whatever we're doing wrong. Hallelujah. So what I want to do today is I want to talk about the fact that what happens when we spurn that repentance? What happens when we reject that repentance? And my wife did this really well. She said, why don't you break it down on three levels? And yes, I'm going to do that. What happens when a nation spurns the repentance of God? What happens when the church rejects the repentance of God? And then finally, what happens when individuals reject the repentance of God? And it's important that you get this, that you understand this. For instance, America has nationally rejected God. Uh, very few preachers are calling for repentance. As a matter of fact, I just got blessed as I walked into the studio. My producer mentioned the fact that the guy before me, 
taught on repentance, too. I said, well, that's just excellent. Maybe there's a move of God right here in this studio. Hallelujah. We're going to start revival, preaching repentance right here in Houston, Texas, because there will be no revival until repentance is preached. Hallelujah. Amen. So I want to make the point that, you know, I say this all the time. As long as the danger is here, we are going to give you the warnings. And the problem is right now is America is not heeding the warnings. Granted, the church as a whole, we are not preaching about the warnings. We are not uh, letting America know about the danger that their sin is presented to them. We are not letting them know that because of that, the warnings are out there by God in mass, meaning the judgments of God are designed to reveal who he is to you. When the judgments of God are in the earth, Isaiah 26, 9, the nations will learn what righteousness looks like. But I wanted to quickly start off. We're going to talk about Jeremiah 8. I'm going to use that as a foundation scripture this week, and maybe next week too. But I did want to read you from Matthew 24, 12, because there's uh, some misunderstanding about a couple of scriptures. The language, just one word is slightly off, and it's important that you get it right. Matthew 24, 12. This is the easy-to-read version. There will be so much more evil in the world that the love of most believers will grow cold. King James says, because lawlessness shall abound in the earth, the love of many will grow cold. And I wanted to make a correction. The King James says the love of many, but the better translation of that, the word is pulos, P-O-U-L-O-S, and it actually means most. So to read that correctly, Matthew twenty four twelve, the easy to read version, there will be so much more evil in the world that the love of most believers will grow cold. That is an astounding statement. And it's because of lawlessness, but we're not going to lose some, and we're not just going to lose many. We are going to lose most. If there are 100 Christians sitting next to you in church, you will lose 51 of them, minimum 51 of them, because of lawlessness in the earth, because evil is growing and growing and growing. It's not being restrained as it should. It knows no bounds. It it is just rampant in the earth. It's it's manifesting in America. Every day you look, you find out something else that's going on. Tony Garland commenting on lawlessness, love, cold. Love grown cold due to a marked global increase in lawlessness. This is not a continual trend that was common throughout church history, but it is a specific characteristic of the end times. That's it. Now, the last of the last, the eschatosimatus. We are living in the time where, because of lawlessness, we are going to lose most of the church. That's so important. Lawlessness is rebellion against the right of God to make laws and govern his creatures. We need to repent of this lawlessness in a church. The world is going to be lawless. I get it. Lawlessness signifies everything that is contrary to the will of God. And it's intentional. It is direct, open rebellion against God and his ways. The only solution to that is repentance. So the church needs to be preaching repentance, teaching on faith and love and hope and mercy. All that stuff is very, very good. But the current battle lines that are drawn between good and evil, between Satan and the church, between light and darkness, is the assault on the truth that man is a sinner And mankind needs to repent of that sin and receive the sacrificial death, resurrection of Jesus Christ, which will result in the new birth, hallelujah, restoring people back to their prior position of children of God, hallelujah. 
Of interesting note is that discovery as you read the Bible that repentance is a constant theme throughout the entire Bible. Old Testament, Psalms, Proverbs, New Testament, right in the book of Revelation. From Genesis through Revelation, repentance is the vehicle by which Father God challenges his children and calls them back to himself. It's actually a divine gift, not originating in the mind of man, but in the heart of God. Let me say that again. Repentance does not originate in the mind of man, but it originates in the heart of God. There's some teaching out there uh, talking about metanoeo. The word means just change your mind. That <laughs> Repentance is so much more than that. It comes from God, and it's a gift to man. And when man just thinks it's something that happens in the mind of man, once again, there's another truth of God that's under assault. No, that's not what it is. So repentance, according to God, it remains right up until the very last hour before Christ's return. He's going to keep it on the table. He's going to lay it out there for us to do it. The offer of God's gift of repentance to man. It is there. Revelation 16 records man's continued rejection in the last hour of that repentance. Even in the midst of the greatest calamities this earth has ever seen. Major earthquakes, major calamities. Literally, God releases hell onto the earth to give mankind a picture of what awaits him if he does not repent. We've seen the function of repentance. We've looked at the call of repentance to repentance. Now let's look at what befalls mankind if they spurn that offer of repentance or reject the command by God to repent. First, we're going to look at it as a nation. Then we're going to look at it as a church. And thirdly, we'll look at it as an individual. I would be shocked if I get anywhere near done today, but we'll see. Probably in the history of the world, the two most favored lands ever established by God have been Judah and America. No other has had the hand of God upon them like these two places. Yet both have fallen mightily because of sin and forced the hand of God upon themselves for evil rather than good. God must honor what he said about sin. He hates sin. He despises sin. He sent Jesus into the earth to destroy sin, to do away with sin that threatened to destroy mankind. That's why those of you who accept Jesus Christ and his sacrifice and what he did in the face of sin, destroying it, that's why those of you who accept that and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord after you repent of your sin— You can walk in newness of life, and the Bible says, Sin, I've been made free from sin. Sin shall not have dominion over me. But both Judah and America, they've known the daily presence of God. We've known it in our lands even for centuries, man. Jeremiah, it talks about Judah. It gives us an example. Let's see what happened to Judah. Remember, Judah had Jeremiah as their prophet, the weeping prophet, because he saw their sin. He called them to repentance, and very rarely did they respond. They were warned time after time after time what their sin would do to them, what their sin would cost them. They lived under the goodness of God also, the special favor of God for correction, always designed, though, to bring a nation to its knees in repentance or a church or a person to repentance. They lived under the constant judgment of God, which is one of the ways people get to know God. And that's what it's all about. That's what the Bible is all about. That's what Christianity is all about. You getting to know God, God getting to know you, Restore to a relationship with him where you will live in eternal bliss with him and the church forever and ever. Amen. Psalm 916. The Lord is known by the judgment which he executes, which the wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. That's the contrast. The Lord, though, is known by the judgment which he executes. So I'm going to read you a couple of scriptures here. Don't forget the judgments of God are designed to reveal him to you. 
trouble is we're all wacky in our thinking. We think that the God of love would never judge us. The God of love would never send sickness. The God of love would never rebuke us. He would never allow people to die in calamities. And yet it's God that uses those judgments to correct us. But there's a segment in the church that teaches falsely that God does not do that. They actually blame the devil. I remember a discussion I had talking about COVID, that COVID was sent by God to call us to repentance. It was a judgment of God. The 9-11 was a judgment of God to call America away from their sin, to give them repentance. And yet I've had discussions with pastors, leading men of God that would tell you, no, 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 no. All that's, that's from the pit of hell. God would never do that. Well, you don't know your Bible. But look at this. When the judgments of God are sent to call us and bring us to repentance, and we blame the devil for it, those judgments and the lessons of those judgments go unheeded, and we continue without any behavioral changes. Those judgments, my friends, are designed to change your sinful behavior. They precede the gift of repentance. They are designed to get us or our attention back on God. 9-11, the churches got full for a couple of months after that. And yet I don't think the church taught and associated those judgments with God getting our attention and calling us to repent of our sin. And so it didn't last. But when we have these judgments in the earth, the church needs to be preaching, repent, repent, repent. So, okay, Jeremiah 8, starting in verse 5, and I'm just going to catch a phrase and then talk about it, catch a phrase and talk about it, catch a phrase and talk about it. Jeremiah 8, verse 5, why has this people, Jerusalem, turned away in continual apostasy? So there was apostasy in Jeremiah's day, just like there's apostasy in the last days that we're living in now. Why has America turned away to continual apostasy? What have they turned away from? What did Israel turn away from? They turned away from God and they turned toward apostasy. The church in America today has done the same thing. Understand, the world needs us. They are lost as a white goose in snow. They don't know where they're going. They don't know why they're going, where they are going. They need to be grabbed. Their attention needs to be grabbed. Their spirits need to be challenged. Their sin needs to be called out. And they need to turn around and turn toward God. And then God can go to work and bring them to the place of salvation. But when the church is confused about what the judgments of God are here for, what the church refuses to tell man they're a sinner because it's not culturally correct, when the church will not preach repentance, then they stay in their sin. And what happens eventually is they start infecting the church and the church the church starts copying them. No, 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 no. The church impacts society. Society and culture does not impact the church. We've got it all backwards. Unfortunately, many Christians have left this spiritual fight against sin for our nation. And instead, many Christians have joined the ranks of those trying to fix our nation without calling for repentance, without challenging the sin of our nation. They're well-meaning folks, these guys, but they've left off the spiritual battle. They think they can join church and civil government together and get this thing turned around. And, you know, it's an admirable thought, except, you know, it's not going to work. That's how America got started. Remember our founding fathers? They went ahead and they built a nation that was built on the principles of God. We designed our judicial system after the Bible laws. We designed our actual government based on how they created order and governing bodies in the church. And they used that as a foundation to build a government that would honor God. And so, yes, it worked in that sense for a long time. But what they're trying to do now, they are trying to combine both church and civil government in America. You can't do that, man. 
Our civil government is corrupt. You can't do that. You're not going to fix this civil government. I'll tell you what's going to happen. If you try to combine the church in partnership with civil government to fix America, you know what's going to happen. The church will become corrupt just like the civil government is because you don't come back from corruption. You have to destroy it and start over. That's why Jesus is giving us a new heaven and a new earth. We have corrupted the earth with our sin uh, and we haven't repented of it. And therefore, God's not going to fix it. He's going to burn it. He's going to give us a new one. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But here's the principle that I'm talking about with these Christians trying to get involved in civil government and bring them back to repentance. (laughs) You don't do that. You've got to call their sin what it is. You've got to acknowledge to them that they're sinners, get them to repent, and then you build anew. The highest glory, this is John Adams. I think he was the sixth president of the United States. My favorite quote in all of my political historical studies in the foundation of America. The highest glory of the American Revolution was this. It connected in one dissoluble bond the principles of civil government with the principles of Christianity. That's what they're trying to do today, and they are distracted. They are wasting time. It's going to fail. It's going to weaken their Christianity. It's going to destroy the church. It does not work. We are making something new as opposed to trying to correct something that's corrupt. That's how it worked in the beginning. That's why it worked in the beginning. But by trying to combine ourselves with this wicked, evil government, it's only going to fail and it's going to bring the church to its knees. Why? Because leaven always wins. First Corinthians 5, 6, your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? No, putting a little bit of righteousness into a wicked government does not change that government, but it will affect the righteousness that's in the church. We are allowing that to happen. We're tricked. We're distracted. The main battle should be focusing on sin, repentance, and truth. Amen? Back to Jeremiah 8. They hold on to deceit. They refuse to return. Wow. Wow. I mean, gee, hello, America... You mean this happened in Judah too? Exactly. It happened in Judah. And when you read all of chapter 8 in Jeremiah, I'm just picking a select few phrases to make the comparison between what went on with Judah and what's going on in America. Jeremiah chapter 8, they held on to deceit. They refused to return to God. Remember, God is here speaking about his children, the children of Israel. Well, we're the children of, of God also. We're the church. We're the body of Christ. Well, those two in Jeremiah's day were the children of God. And so he's speaking to his children, the children of Israel. Not only did they listen to deceit, they held on to it. Wow. What are we doing? We're not only listening to deceit, we're holding on to it. They made it their own. We are doing the same thing. We are owning deceit. It's the most powerful, most common spirit in the earth today. It's what's controlling our nation. It's what's controlling our media is what's controlling Washington, deceit. It's, it's in the pulpit. It's lies in the pulpit. I mean, there's everywhere you go. And so we've got it now going on where they didn't speak what was right. No one repented of his wickedness. And this spirit, this spirit entered into the pulpits. And it's our pulpits that are supposed to be changing it. It's our pulpits that are supposed to be challenging this. It's our pulpits that are supposed to be speaking the truth in love whereby people grow. But there's such a push by the demonic evil spirits and forces that are out there to destroy America. They know that in order to destroy America, they've got to get to the church. And that's exactly what's happening. Our seminaries are full of woke pastors. They are full of communist theories, communist mindsets. 
uh, communist doctrines and the church in its ignorance, the church in its cowardice, the church with its compromise, with its carnality is refusing to address these issues. That's why you have got to be so, so careful of where you're going to church. You've got to be so careful about the songs that you sing. You've got to be so careful about the people that you let minister to you because they are deceived. And if they're deceived, you're going to be deceived. David Wilkerson, there was a teaching last week, and David Wilkerson made the comment that uh, the church gets the pastors that they deserve. And I go, wow, and I had to chew on that. Was that meant in sarcasm? Was that meant complimentary? And it turned out that he was just speaking of the fact that because the church is willing to settle and compromise, uh, their pastors will settle and compromise. We had a church, and we left the church because the pastor got off in some strange doctrines. That's how you speak to your pastor. I don't have to write nasty letters. I don't have to cause a scene. You have a discussion. You say, no, that's wrong. And if they don't adopt the truth, then you just move on. It's that simple. No hard feelings, no harsh words. It's just what you do. That's how you quit giving these people your money. You let them know, hey, you're off base. Remember, Matthew twenty four twelve. There will be so much more evil in the world that the love of most believers are going to grow cold. I'm here talking to you today because we're going to lose most of the people that call themselves Christians. That's right. Not a whole bunch of people are going in the rapture of the church. I sat under a pastor and he mentioned that. Well, you know, most people in America today are Christians. There'll be more people saved that are not saved. Where do they get these numbers from? Where do they get these ideas from? You know, with the once saved, always saved doctrine that you can't lose your salvation, that places people on perilous ground. We talked about who would gain by that doctrine. Who would profit most by telling people that you can't lose your salvation? When we're in a time where sin is rampant, where lawlessness is rampant, it's that sin and that's lawlessness that is destroying the church. It's that sin and that's lawlessness that's going to take down America. And it is that sin and lawlessness that removes people from their place of safety. Remember, the word deception in the Greek, there's three words. One of the words is planeo, and it really means to remove one from the place of safety. And that's what this lawlessness does. That's why it is ridiculous that we're allowing doctrines such as God is not sovereign in the earth today. Who gains by that scripture? Who profits by that? Satan, right? Because if man starts being taught that God needs man's approval to move in the earth, that puts man in a position of being God, that God can't do anything without agreeing with man first, without partnering with man first. That is so false. But all of these doctrines have penetrated our church. They have deceived the regular people like you and me. And there's no power, right? There's no holiness, repentance, sin. We can't talk about sin. I know our largest church in America, the pastor refuses. Pastor, he's not pastor. The leader in that church refuses to talk about sin. Well, what does that do? That removes conviction. It may make him popular and it may bring people into his sermon into his congregation, but at no point does it convict them of sin. We don't need the Holy Spirit in the church. If we're not going to talk about sin, the Holy Spirit has two jobs. Number one, to go ahead and reveal truth. And number two, to convict the sinner of sin. But if we do not allow the Holy Spirit to have that ministry, and then we're in trouble and people are not being saved, and we're not doing God proud, we're not doing a service to the people. Remember, we have what they need. We owe them the truth. I'm going to pray before I leave today. I I want to thank you for listening, but this is so important. 
Father God, we love you, and we thank you so much for the Bible. We thank you for what's been written, Father God. We thank you that the entrance of your word gives light. And so shall your word be that goes forth in the earth. It will not return void, but will prosper into the thing whereto I send it. The words that I have spoken to you right now, they are prospering under the direction of the Holy Spirit. They are giving you light. They are turning little switches on in your spirit, man, and you are receiving the ministry of the Holy Spirit of God. Father, I thank you for revelation knowledge concerning the subject of sin, concerning the subject of repentance, Father God. I thank you, Father God, that you're ministering truth to your children, Father God. There's great light. The word of God is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, Father God. Use this teaching. Use this word, Father God, to keep them from walking down paths of evil, Father God, to show them what truth is in the face of darkness, to keep them free from deception, Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray this, Father God, that you would watch over your word to perform it, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, for your love for these people. I thank you for your truth in their lives. May it prosper in everything that they do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.